Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Mikhail and Kate. Hi, everybody. And, you know, this is episode 10 of season two. I almost messed that up. I almost made those backwards. I'm so sorry. So yes, episode 10 of season two of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We're so grateful to have you listening, welcoming in the new year all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is officially 2023. And we hope that you all had a wonderful time bringing in the new year, making memories, setting goals, all the things that we all do at the start of a year Mm -hmm. to feel prepared to take it on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been kind of an interesting start. It's been filled with things where you're like, come on, 2023, let's not, let's not start this way. Just come in quietly and don't touch anything. Like, that's you know, a really good. Um, I saw that in a meme or set something. of directions mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. So you know we're we're looking forward to a whole new year of episodes, new special guests, new content for you all to take in and to yeah. enjoy. And you know, before we dive into this first episode of the new year mm-hmm. and and with the showdown lowdown, which hasn't been a part of an episode for a minute here. I do just want to acknowledge and say that our thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin, his family, his friends, the Bills and the Bengals organizations, and the players, coaches, and fans who were there that night for Monday Night Football. It was a very tragic moment that nobody's really prepared to witness and to experience and to be present for and how to respond emotionally to those moments for the people covering within the coverage of that. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, take time for yourself process, um, make sure you, you know, take care of your heart and mind above all else. If there's people that you need to talk to definitely reach out. Yeah. Um, it's moments like these that unfortunately kind of remind us of how fragile life can be and how quickly things can turn. And it's not Mm -hmm. to, Mm-hmm. live in fear. It's not to, um, you know, carry a sense of sadness about that, but yeah. to just remember to embrace your loved ones, to cherish the moments that we are given in this world and the people that surround us that, you know, we, we really appreciate and to express gratitude if you have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, we are going to dive into the showdown lowdown here coming up in the next segment. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Sounders, the Kraken, and the Seahawks. So stay tuned. It is time for the showdown lowdown. The showdown lowdown, showdown lowdown, showdown lowdown. Oh, that's bad. Sorry. No, that was solid. Showdown, lowdown, showdown, lowdown, showdown, lowdown, down. There you go. That's like my old anxiety, but showdown, lowdown. You know, New Year's. That is my favorite rendition of your showdown, lowdown. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Echo. That's very um complimentary thank you very much maybe slightly long but it'd be hard to only do one part and not feel like you're finishing that like tune so (laughs) (laughs) yes pressure for the future so um we are here with showdown lowdown it's our quick review of wins and losses across the pnw sports teams and updates and things like that and we're going to start off with the seattle kraken so 
The Kraken have, you know, started off 2023 undefeated after winning their first two games of the new year. So congrats to them. Yep. They started off with a win over the New York Islanders on New Year's Day with a score of four to one. The Kraken had goals by Oliver Bjorkstrand, Adam Larson, Brandon Tanev, and Eli Tolvan. And in last night's game um, against the Oilers on, what was that, Tuesday, the Kraken redeemed themselves by coming out with a win 5-2 since they had lost to the Oilers on December 30th, 7-2. So it's nice that they could kind of turn that around. And so quickly. Yeah. Just like now in your face. How about that? Yep. So um, in that game, they had goals from Schwartz, Beniers, Winberg, Gord, and McCann. So the Kraken are currently in third place in the Pacific Division with a record of 20 12 and four and you know this week they have um uh two more games with um or matches with the maple leafs on january 5th and the senators on the 7th so good luck to the kraken go kraken let's go kraken that's not how that goes (laughs) it's like let's go kraken thank you i I was a little off my beat right it's tricky 2023 is trying already where you know we all have our we all have our things to work on so there we go it's okay hashtag we don't have to be perfect chanting goals all right (laughs) so the seattle seahawks secured their eighth win on sunday january 1st both the kraken and the seahawks came out with a win you gotta love that because year and there were people that went to both games right that they were at the seahawks game and then when it ended they left and went over to climate pledge for that crack and so kind of fun for them to start off with two wins in one day what a great way to celebrate yeah the new year that'd be pretty fun and so yeah the seahawks came out with a win over the new york jets to complete the sweep against gino's former teams boop, boop. so gino smith had uh his revenge tour which resulted in wins against the giants chargers and the jets yeah the Jets are the is the team that drafted Geno, so that mm-hmm. must have felt sweet, sweet, sweet revenge. Yeah, and he, you know, also just over four thousand passing yards that's for Geno Smith. That's a lot this season. They still have one game to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Seahawks have exceeded people's expectations for sure. Um, not only for Geno Smith, but the entire organization and. We're going to dive more into that during the Hawkeye analysis coming up in the next segment. But before we do that, Kate, can you talk about the Seattle Sounders? Oh my gosh, that would be great. So um, the Seattle Sounders acquired forward Eber from New York City FC. And Eber has over 100 career goals. He's scoring 30 goals in 88 appearances over the past four years. So as part of the trade package, Seattle sends New York City FC $200,000 $200,000 of the general allocation money for 2023 and $200,000 of the general allocation money for 2024, as well as an additional $150,000 in general allocation money if certain performance metrics are met. So Aber is under contract for the 2023 season with a club option for 2024. So they're they're making moves. They're trying to get that roster built up. So go back up to go back for the playoffs yeah. for next season. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. All exciting right. Well, stuff. this is one of the quickest showdown lowdown segments we've probably ever had on this podcast. Yeah. So yeah. coming up next is a Hawkeye analysis. Stay tuned. All right. 
It is time for the Hawkeye analysis. That's right. We are talking Seahawks. And like Michaela said, you know, the season's gone pretty good compared to what maybe some people would have thought. And so after they won over the Jets um, this last week, the Seahawks playoff hopes are still alive in this new bonus week 18. And in a battle to secure that wildcard spot, the Seahawks not only need to pull out a win over the Rams this coming Sunday, but also need the Detroit Lions to pull out a win against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And you know... Detroit's one of my teams I like to cheer for. It is. So I am excited that I have even more reason to cheer for them. To support the, and the Lions. really hope that it works out. Um, I even have a lion tattoo. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, yeah, that's true. Different lion, but it is still a lion. It is. I like it. It's not like the logo or anything. People don't worry. Um, so the game times have now been set. And it's kind of a point of contention from what I've been seeing. Because it sounds like... Well, I mean, it is that the Seahawks and Rams, they face off first before the Lions. And then if the Seahawks win, then the Lions are knocked out of the playoffs before they face Green Bay, which could kind of change the dynamic of how the Lions playoffs hopes are, like if they're not on the line. So then like, how are they going to play if they're not playing for that, if that playoff hope, you know? So it's, 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 yeah. It's interesting because I put it out there and I have I had feelings initially about it. And then um, Ray Roberts responded and kind of said, you know, if, if this is your feelings about it, then you don't know, you know, Dan Campbell. Yeah, and it's true. I don't. And he has been really fun to watch. I love his pressers. Mm-hmm. He's very passionate about this team. So I'm grateful that Ray Roberts kind of said something and just kind of put yeah. it out there like this team's going to battle and fight. It would be a sweet win for them to end the season on that note, to win a game against green Bay in Lambeau. Yeah. And to knock them out of the playoffs. Like there's still things for them to play for. Well, and and no one wants Aaron Rodgers to win. So there's that. Yeah. So I think, I think I've gone onto the hopeful side that even if they get, let's say the Seahawks win, which I'm, I'm really obviously rooting for. That would be great then I think that the Lions are going to give the Packers a potential run for their money. Offensively, the mm-hmm. the Lions have been outstanding throughout the season. Yeah. They've, they've put up a lot of points when people yeah. didn't think that they would really contend. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that's kind of going to be an interesting dynamic. We're going to be at the game on Sunday. Yeah. I finally bit the bullet and <laughs> got us tickets. I, um, I'm laughing because I remember I saw something. I don't remember who said it, but something about it was um, about Gino's revenge tour, you know, and they were like, it's too bad. Gino didn't play for the Rams, you know, and I was like, it's like, hey, that's pretty true. But hopefully, hopefully we can still uh, secure a win over the Rams. This will be a home game. It's going to be the first game that Bobby Wagner. I know is Bobby back here at mm-hmm. Lumen Field. It's going to be kind of bittersweet to see him out there i don't want him to have as good of a game as he had against us the first (laughs) time we faced the rams even though we came out with a win Mm -hmm. um so excited to see bobby wagner back at lumen field he's just going to be in a different uniform his backwards number 45 instead of 54 yeah he looks better in 54 he does and in in the blue and green yeah absolutely i agree well there's a handful of highlights that i do want to acknowledge from Last Sunday's game, first of all, I mentioned it in the showdown lowdown. Geno Smith 
threw for 183 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions in last week's game. Awesome. Matt allowed him to pass the 4,000 passing yards number for a season for the season. And so he is only the second Seahawk to have thrown for over 4,000 yards in franchise history. Oh, wow. Russell Wilson being the other. I was going to say, that's what I assumed. Yep. And so, um, Ken Walker, the third surpassed his 1000 scrimmage yards. Yeah. So that includes his rushing and his receiving numbers. Joining Kurt Warner and Joey Galloway as the only rookies in Seahawks franchise history to do so. And he's only 64 yards away from having a 1,000 rushing yard season. Wow. I have to put this out there. That's a lot. Rashad Penny started the season for the Seahawks. Yeah. And he was a starter. Kenneth Walker was slowly weaned in. Penny goes down with an injury. Kenneth Walker hasn't been our starting running back the entire season. Yeah. He has a lot less reps than there, there's been for those that have started the season running back to almost to potentially in this 18th game. Yeah. Or 18th week, I should say mm-hmm. to eclipse a thousand yards rushing. And he was injured for yeah a few of those games. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's, it's pretty impressive. So congrats to Ken Walker, the third um, another thing that I really loved to see in this last game was the utilization of our tight ends. Mm-hmm. And anytime we've utilized our tight ends, especially starting and opening a game, I feel like a touchdown has happened early. Yeah. Um, in this game, we had two touchdowns to uh, Colby Parkinson and Ty- Tyler Mabry. And so they scored a touchdown apiece. They're both tight ends. And it, was that, wasn't that Tyler Mabry's like first catch and first touchdown? Like in yes. an actual NFL game. Yep. So his first NFL catch was a touchdown. I just love that so much. And that it was on New Year's Day. And that, like, I just, I love all of that. It's a, a moment lot. he's for sure going to remember the I, rest of his life. I'm sure they gave him that ball, but I yes. really hope he has it. Yep. I hope so too. The thing that I like about utilizing our tight, en- our tight ends, not only have we used them pretty well for blocking situations, mm-hmm. it's opened up gaps for, Ken Walker, DJ Dallas. Um, It's been allowing, basically they're open. Metcalf and Lockett draw so much coverage and concern from defensive backs that we're finding our tight ends are able to get open. Uh And so when you can start tapping into them early, all of a sudden now what do they have to account for? The tight ends. So, you know, it was interesting in last week's game, Metcalf and Lockett were really quiet. Lockett was coming back off of, off of his injury and surgery on his hand. Um, and Metcalf was just pretty quiet last week. But you know what? It's OK to let other people star. So the yeah. Seahawks um, defense played exceptionally well. Yeah. They allowed no touchdowns Loved and it. had three defensive turnovers. We won the turnover battle. Um, Diggs and... Michael Jackson came down with an interception each and Daryl Taylor forced his fourth fumble of the season. Yeah. And Uchenna Nuosu, of course he's everywhere. Recovered he that just to end that first half. So that last fumble recovery was definitely one, um, that, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great recovery. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. I love it so much. Um, they had overall a really great game and, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this next one. 
it should be really good. Root on the Seahawks. Uh, show up if you can. And if, if you're going to be there, let us, you know, let us know. Because yeah. we're going to be there. So we'll be sitting them high. But, you know, we're there. Tag us, add us, message us. Let us know. Let us know. Coming up next is the mailbag segment. You've, You've got, got mail. mail. Welcome to the mailbag, where we answer questions that you ask us. So, haha, let's get to it. Let's open up that first letter. That was me pretending that I was opening up a letter. That's interesting. I am going to um, get a side gig as a Foley artist and make um, sounds. <laughs> let's hear your portfolio. Um, well, I can't just like, I mean, tell me what kind of sound you want me to make. Uh, like you're running. I don't know. That sounds terrible. I can't be a Foley artist. <laughs> I would need some training. I also don't have like running shoes like, on my like hands. Like you're opening a door. <laughs> I should just stick to teaching fourth grade. So I'll just do that. I won't ask you anymore. I successfully taught some kids how to do division with remainders today. So not everybody can say that. That's true. But what else we can say is the answers to the questions that we were asked. So first up, we have a question from Nick with a K. And it's and they ask us, if we finish with the number three overall pick in the NFL draft, who should we take? A quarterback, Carter or Anderson? It's the quarterback conversation is starting to be had. Yeah. First of all, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, both of them are free agents in the offseason. Good point. We have not extended Geno Smith to this point, but I would argue that we should. I think that if we extend him for two years, yeah, three, I would accept. I don't want anything over 25 mil a year. Okay. 26 mil, maybe I would accept, <laughs> but keep it in the mid 20s. Okay. Per year. Sure. And let's stack our defense. So, you know, there's been a lot of questions about um, Jalen Carter and seeing him in, in his bowl game and whether or not he didn't seem as dynamic in the last game he was in. And, mm. of course, every game is a new game. And some games you're better than other games. And some games you fall flat. And yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I've been pushing for, for Jalen Carter over the last couple months. Mm -hmm. Get that interior line, the push, the the game wrecker right there. They can't get this wrong if they choose to pick a three, though. Yeah. Jalen Carter's had some injury history. I wouldn't, you know, you can't think too much about some of those things, but you have to make sure you're making the right decision. Will Anderson coming off the edge could be super dynamic as well. We've mm. seen Daryl Taylor start to, you know, in the last few games, five sacks. Yeah. He's forced four fumbles over this season. Mm -hmm. He's starting to come into his own. His mm. confidence is growing, his speed, his understanding of the game at this level. Mm -hmm. If we can give him, you know, I think back to Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett. Yeah. That that pass rush, it has been it's been so needed. Mm. And yet, obviously, our run-stopping game has been a struggle this whole season. Our defense has given up so many yards on the ground. I was like, don't look at me for a number. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I would, I would honestly table the quarterback 
If, okay. if there's still a quarterback that they like that falls to their second first round draft pick, then select them with the second draft pick yeah. that we have in the first round. Yeah. I think I would be okay with Carter or Anderson. I don't think that I would be devastated. Sure. If, if it was either or those players, mm. they could also trade back. Yeah. I was kind of wondering since it sounds like historically, right. That they mm-hmm. sort of turn picks into like a lot more picks. So I was kind of wondering if something like that was going to happen, considering we have two in the first round. Exactly. I would, I, I don't see John keeping both first round picks at, at least at the place that they have them. I could see him trading back the later pick. I could see him trading back the earlier pick, maybe accumulate something even for next season. Is there earlier pick though? Like I know it's supposed, it's supposed to be really good to have like those high, those like, like lower numbers, like one, two, three, whatever. But is that more pressure to like pick the right person? I feel like it is. You're paying the more, the higher the pick, the more money that they can receive in that first mm-hmm. round. Um, you don't want to overthink it and pick like it's like oh they were a bust and they were picked number one overall or number two overall and mm-hmm. there's there's always hindsight hindsight is twenty twenty. yeah um but when you have a pick that high you can't get it wrong in my opinion yeah you just can't yeah so i'm glad i'm not in charge of any of that same <laughs> same um which is why it's also a little risky in my opinion to go for a quarterback that high yeah, it doesn't seem like, and again, I am new to some of this and I don't know all the things. So don't at me if I'm like completely wrong here. But um, it seems like there aren't, um, it's, it doesn't, it seems like not every quarterback who gets drafted high actually does really well. It seems like it's yeah. a little bit more of a rare thing. I think the hard part is that they end up going to teams typically. Yeah, that, are, that don't, that have they harder, haven't been yeah. doing well. Yeah. And so then either there's a brand new coach, there's a whole new coaching staff, you're coming into a situation where they're in a rebuild mode. Mm -hmm. So it's not always the best situation that could make an argument for the Seahawks that they did decent, better than people thought that they they would this season. Oh yeah, for sure. But Geno Smith also put up at this point, 29 touchdown passes, a a rushing touchdown, 4,000 plus yards. So you had success from your quarterback to make them as successful as they were. True. Then, then the defense is really where I could see them being bolstered. Their offensive line needs a center. Yeah. We only had Austin Blythe this season, but even he needs to be, I don't think he's a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. So they have to think about that. I don't, you know, I could see that in the second round. If there's the depth there, I'm not quite sure. Could it, could it be like you draft a quarterback to like, play behind Gino for a year or two, get their feet wet, learn the playbook and the program or whatever, and then kind of bring them into the starting role. Yeah. So that's the other argument. Now, some people say, okay, well maybe you can find a diamond, a a diamond in the rough. You draft them later on in the, you know, third, fourth round. Yeah. You have them develop underneath Gino, which is kind of my, my point in saying like, yes, let's draft a quarterback. Um, but in the later rounds and re-sign Gino, because you don't want to be paying a backup quarterback first round money if they're sitting behind somebody, in my opinion. That makes sense. I see that. And not not longer than one year. I mean, if you're trying to like lock, I guess if you're trying to make sure you have them because you really want them, 
then I, I, I guess if you could make it work, but yeah, like you said, it, it gets more expensive. It gets more expensive to have that be the circumstance. So I would rather use our first round picks on defense, mm-hmm. second round picks. You can start spreading the love <laughs> offensively, defensively, however you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a long way for me to say Carter or Anderson at this point in number three, I would be content with and happy with Okay, if it's a quarterback, I think I would be, the reason I would be excited is just because it's just like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah. Like, like what's going to happen now? Like we had the same quarterback for 10 season, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And so when you get like the fresh, like young mm-hmm. potential stud of a quarterback, Ooh. regardless of what? Just the stud part. The stud. I don't know. I thought about a horse. I'm not sure. Sorry. Also a stud. <laughs> Sorry. I just, it, there's something still exciting about it, even if it feels like maybe that wasn't the right move. Sure. We'll see how that unfolds. All right. Well, to uh, to be determined on all of that. So um, thank you, Nick, for that question. A question from um, Tim was... With the return of the XFL, will y'all be paying attention to the Sea Dragons? That's the new, that's the Seattle team that's coming back with the XFL coming back. Yes. So I think what we're excited just to start seeing how they develop, how they play. We're going to definitely support them and follow how, you know, yeah, we're following them on social media. We're making sure that we're staying up to date on those things. Yeah. I think in regards to the podcast, it's not going to be like at this point in time, one of the teams that we are actively covering, but there might be things that we mentioned here or there and yeah. show and love um, for, for the sea dragons. Yeah. I kind of want to see like how, how all that goes, the season goes and the game and all that a little bit more before trying to, uh, to, to do more with it. But yeah, it's, it seems like an exciting it's thing. on our radar. Yeah, we do. We are aware of those sea dragons and you know what? I'm going to be honest. The color combo was not my favorite choice, but that was yes. not part of this question. It was so, not. But I just wanted to get that out there since that is what I care about is like uniforms, apparently. Um, <laughs> so also not surprising. Also not surprising. Um, moving on to Steve Olson asking a question um, that was, what's your guilty pleasure musical artist and your guilty pleasure TV show? So... I'm going to throw this back. Let's, this do, is let's not... do musical artists, both of us, okay. and then we'll do TV shows. Okay. okay. Throwing it back. Yeah. Nickelback. For real, though? I, I, there was plenty of songs from Nickelback that I would jam out to and listen yeah. to on repeat and sing. Mm-hmm. And then people started, you know, Kate said it. She's like, can I get my Nickelback for listening to Nickelback or whatever? You know the jokes. You all know the jokes. I, I loved Nickelback. Okay. I'm proud of you for owning that here on the podcast. I will own that. Yeah. Tens of people heard you say that right now. Ten, so. Tens of people. Tens of people. Yes. <laughs> Maybe more. Who knows? Um, yeah. Guilty pleasure stuff. I always have a hard time trying to figure out my answer to because I'm not sure if it's like I'm embarrassed for people to know that I like it and listen to it or if it's just like the thing that I want to listen to that like makes me happy or brings me comfort or something like that. So um, I actually don't get to listen to music a whole lot these days. Um, I'm usually like in the, on the phone in the car to and from work talking to either like my mom or like Michaela and stuff like that. So I don't usually have a lot of time for music. Uh, so I'm just going to 
give the answer of someone I've been listening to a lot lately. And um, that would be um, Claudine Magmag. And she's from the Seattle area. And we, I discovered her, well, I didn't like discover her, but I found out about her music because when we went to one of the cracking games last year, she was um, the performer before the show, um, kind of up in that balcony area. And uh, I really like her music. So I've been, I've been listening to that. So not embarrassed about it. Just that you connecting your guilty pleasure artists to mm-hmm. sports. I guess. Yeah. I'm just like Nickelback. No, I mean, Nickelback probably has something to do with sports. Nickelback. Yeah, Nickelback, Actually, yeah. Nickelback's a player. Like there a position. It is. Yeah, they probably played a song Duh. in an arena somewhere or something. So Look at there's this that. Photograph. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Guilty pleasure TV show. Uh, Growing up, Again, yeah. throwing it back. Maury. Oh, yeah. We were not allowed to watch this growing up. No. Like, neither of my parents wanted us to watch Jerry Springer or Maury. And we would definitely watch both. When my dad would be out like getting groceries at the grocery store, we would turn the TV on. And we'd have it on Maury. And we had a carport outside the house that basically anytime he pulled into the driveway under the carport, we had a window and the window was right into the living room. So we always knew the minute he pulled in that we needed to change the channel. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we never got caught. Yeah. Eventually we would just watch it and not care. Um, But that was my guilty. I was like really young. I really should not have been watching that show. But you know what? Well, and I I feel like Maury wasn't as bad as Jerry Springer you at first. Not the father. And then it just kind of like went that way. It went huh? that direction. It was like Maury po- like you're like, oh it's Mario Povich. And then you're just like, oh so Maury yeah Povich. it kind of it took a turn. I liked it. Yeah. Well you know um, drama. I'm not a huge drama fan these days, but not in real life. I, you don't like it I'm in real not life. A drama fan. Mm-mm. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Steer clear. Conflict. Oh don't like conflict at all. Enneagram nine over here. That's Michaela. Um, yeah. Okay. So for me, guilty pleasure TV again, like I don't really know. It's nothing like I'm embarrassed about, but I guess, okay. If we want to throw it back when I was a kid, well, not really like a kid kid, but I guess like middle school or intermediate school as it was for me as well. Um, (laughs) we, I loved watching days of our lives. Mm. And um, my brother would watch it sometimes with me too. Um, Cause man, you know, you're throwing that man under whatever. the bus. My brother. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, what is he going to do? Like I was in charge of the remote or whatever at that time. Sure. For that. He was probably happy was. about it. He's so like, oh, he was Kate's like, watching this again. Dang it. And then he's I mean, like sucked in. I don't, he wasn't like into it or anything. I don't think, but, uh, but I, I really, it was like in the summer and you know, you're home. And so you can actually like watch it at like one o'clock every day or whatever, because you're not at school. And, you know, we didn't like VCR <laughs> recorded or anything, but, um, but it was so funny because, you know, as some of you out there that are maybe a little bit grown up age, um, may know, like you could just tune into a soap opera like months later and you would know exactly what was going on within like 10, 15 minutes. You're like, Oh, okay. That happened. And that's where, okay. This is where we're at now. And there's an evil twin. And this person came back from the dead. Like, great. It's fantastic. So the funny thing though, now is that, you know, um, it was days of our lives. And then there was some other, some other soap that was on NBC too. And it, and it, they it got canceled. And then a couple of those people ended up on days of our lives. as like different characters, obviously. And that was kind of weird to be like, Whoa, they're now in Salem and like whatever. And, um, and then now even 
those actors and actresses, some of them are in like different like movies and shows and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you were such a bitch on that on Days of Our Lives. And look at you now being all nice. Like, that's not who you are, Sammy. You are know? you talking about like the Hallmark movie people? Well, a couple of them. Yeah. Not all of them, but a couple of them. So um, yeah, it just, I guess I'll go with that. Cool. I'll go with that as my answer. So that's thanks. a good answer. Thanks, Steve Olson. Appreciate it. Um, Rick Judd um, coming in with the what are your top five breakfast entrees? Not top one, not top three. He's going for top five. That's a lot, Rick. I mean, a lot, man. I had to like write this down before I had to think about this beforehand because it felt like a lot of pressure. Okay, I'm just gonna dive in. Okay, the shed Benny from the watershed, from the watershed. That's a good one, probably my top. You do really like that. I really enjoy the Shed Benny at the watershed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't pay me to say that. That's just the we pay them on so she truth. can so yes. she can eat it. Yeah, we pay them mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Um <laughs> so that's number one for me. What about you? Um, I I really do love eggs Benedict. And I mean, if we're talking about the watershed, they do have um different ones. They have like seasonal ones and stuff too that are kind of fun. But eggs Benedict in general is good. I will say I've only had like one bad eggs Benedict experience and it was when um, they completely <laughs> smothered the whole thing with so much hollandaise sauce, like it, it was, was pretty much soup on her plate. It was, and I love a good, I love, I hollandaise. love hollandaise, and I'm fine with extra. But it was like, it was straight up just, it was soup. awful. So that was like the one bad one. But yeah, eggs Benedict is pretty good. I have a hard time saying which one's like my absolute favorite, but it is top five and not ranked. He didn't say I had to rank them in order, so it's true. I'm just gonna go with that. Number two um, for you. Number two, gosh, breakfast, huh? I feel like, I mean, bacon for me could be an entree. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> could eat enough of it. Yeah. Just, I love a good crispy bacon, mm-hmm. some avocado with some like sauteed tomatoes and some eggs. Okay. So now you're going with like a cold kinda, plate. I don't know. That's You just created a, an entree right there. I guess. I guess. I like it. Um, Some basic breakfast. Bacon is good. I do like bacon. Ooh. What? what if you put all of that on a sandwich? How about how about that? All of that breakfast sandwich in a sandwich. Yeah, breakfast sandwich was on my list. And hollandaise. You could do that too. You could do that too. I'm hungry. Yeah, it is kind of like this is going to be difficult. Um, no, I totally had breakfast sandwich on there. One, it's versatile, so you can make lot. You can like do lots of different things with it. You can have like regular bread. You can have English muffin. You could do a bagel. Although I do think that bagel breakfast sandwiches are like too thick to bite into. Mm. I don't have a jaw mm-hmm. like a snake that I can detach, you know, and like unhinge. That's but a I, visual. It would be <laughs> it would be helpful for some of that stuff. So but yeah, that was that was in my top five breakfast sandwich. I don't know if I can do five. This is too many, Rick. Okay, how about I help you out? I'll do something and see if it triggers anything for you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with chicken and waffles. Mm. I really love chicken and waffles. That's chicken salty, fr- chicken sweet, fried steak actually is pretty good. I, I like I like a chicken fried steak. Yeah. Oh, you know what else oh, you like? Biscuits you and like gravy. Say, you like oh biscuits and gravy. Yeah, you like biscuits and gravy. Just now. The um, country, country sausage gravy or whatever. Yeah. The white gravy. Specifically. Yeah. Not just like brown gravy over When biscuits. I was at WSU. That'd be weird. Pretty much my freshman 15 was given to me because every morning I would get country gravy or biscuits and gravy with a side of bacon and eggs. I mean, but it's, every day it's Pullman. You need all that to get up. It those was hills. really good. Yeah. 
You need that to like prepare you for winter, to bulk up for winter and to, and to power you up those hills. <laughs> um, okay. My other, my other one was going to be avocado toast because I'm, you know, air quotes, bougie like that. Um, I was going to go with a different B word. Basic. Oh, also basic. Yeah. Kate just looked at me like, I was like, you I was dare. Just like, excuse me. My parents listen to this. <laughs> or at least sometimes they do. Anyway. Um, yeah. Avocado I don't know toast. if that was five, but I'll just go with like a good Captain Crunch or Cinnamon Toast Crunch mm-hmm. or Count Chocula. Ooh. Um, oh, yeah. Those are all good choices, too. Um, from Kona Kitchen. Yep. The Hawaiian style fried rice with eggs over easy. It is a great breakfast. And back in the days when I used to be a little more exciting, it was great after a night of drinking too much. Made you f- it was like perfect. So uh, no. keep that in mind. We need dinner. We do. Okay. So <laughs> all of that being said, we appreciate your questions. Yeah. This mailbag segment has been super fun. It actually has been great. Answering questions about sports, about food, about TV, about music. We will answer whatever questions come our way as long as they're appropriate because, of course, family parents listen to this show. (laughs) And Kate did say the B word earlier on. I did? Yeah, about days of our lives. Oh, I did. Sorry. That's true. I forgot about that. (sighs) What am I going to do with this woman? Who knows? All right. I'll try better next time. Well, that... You know, all of this leads us to the end of the Pacific Northwest Shonen Podcast for this episode. Mm -hmm. We want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Kate, where can they follow us on social media? Well, Michaela, I'm so glad you asked. I would love to talk about it. You can find us at PNW Showdown on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at PNW Showdown on all those platforms. We are there putting out content some of the time most of the time if you're on twitter so feel free to uh to check those out you can also listen to the podcast that you're listening to currently um you know on your on your favorite podcast platform so find those things feel free to rate subscribe like all those things that you're supposed to say to get all that social media stuff going so yeah there check 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 good job kate i've done it all right that being said this year one of the most things most important things that Mm -hmm. you should do and i tell you guys this every week that's right is take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time
Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. Welcome to the Marvel moment. We are going to give you a couple um, awesome dad jokes because everybody thinks that they're the best. Um, just ask everybody. They all think they're the best. Everybody. Everybody. Okay. So I'm going to have some basketball themed dad jokes. Oh, today. okay. Cool. You ready? Yeah, I'm all ready. Right. Why was the basketball player sitting on the sidelines drawing chickens? Drawing chickens? Yeah. Why was the basketball player on the sideline drawing chickens? Something about trying to cross the court or the road or something like that. Coach told her to learn how to draw fouls. Oh, she could draw ducks then too. Or quail. Maybe some turkeys. (laughs) She she could. I, I, yeah. So, um, because it's dad jokes, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it's bad. (laughs) That's debatable. Um, when it becomes apparent. That got a big eye. <laughs> that was like a look. Huge, that was a huge, uh, I can't believe you just did that to me face. Is what that was, but that's okay. All right. This one's a little bit of a diss. Okay. Okay. All right. What do you call 12 millionaires gathered around the TV to watch the NBA finals? The owners? I don't know. The Detroit Pistons. <gasps> oh, still love you, Detroit. <laughs> go lions <laughs> go lions detroit versus everybody all right um here's one for you hey have you um have you any idea how much a chimney costs mm, smokestacks no. or stacks i mean it's 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 really outrageous it's it's literally through the roof you have to admit, <laughs> I had a pretty good response. Stacks. I'm not against stacks the stacks. of money. Stacks smoke on stacks. stacks of smoke. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit chimney sweet Mary Poppins, something like that. Ooh, such a good movie. Such a good movie. Um, so th- those are our jokes, folks. So hopefully you, you enjoyed them. I think this was our best episode of 2023. I apologize. I said the jokes it were is. over and then I did that. So yep. my bad. It's okay. <laughs> It's so far the best. It's not going to be the best by the end of the year. We're going to come back at you with a bunch of awesome special guests. Hopefully so. Better episodes because you know what? Growth is great. That's right. Growth is where it's at. And we hope you all um, grow to have a great day. All right. Until next time.